Hi everyone, it's Maddie here, and this is the second episode of our series of faith stories coming out of the House of Bridget, and this is Catherine's faith story. Um, editing this episode was really difficult. The original cut was a little under 40 minutes long, and it was all really great stuff. Um, so I just want to encourage any of you who are listening to this, and especially people who find that this faith story, you know, really speaks to them, I would encourage you guys to get in touch with Catherine. She says it at the end, um, like get in touch with her on Facebook messenger, um, and ask her about her life. She's got some, some really cool stories that I ended up having to cut out just for time's sake. Um, and I really hope you enjoy this. And we've also got some great news. We'll be reuniting for another podcast episode altogether even though we're distanced we're going to be recording over zoom and you know getting the band back together for another episode which is going to be a lot of fun so stay tuned for that and um, we miss you all a lot It's Catherine, and I'm sitting here speaking to myself in the alleyway outside of church in Dublin, but I'm just here because Maddie told me I have to record this podcast. Growing up, um, I look back at my childhood, and I had a great one, and I am so blessed to say that and to have experienced such a great one. I had two loving parents who were great and, you know, sometimes drove me a little crazy. Sometimes I didn't want to listen to them or thought they were being too harsh. But at the end of the day, I am so thankful for the values they instilled in me and the confidence they gave me and the responsibility they gave me for better or for worse. So I grew up in... Central California, Northern California, technically, um, just right in the middle of the state. It's lots of agriculture there. I live in a, lived in a valley, a very big valley, but a valley nonetheless. And there was lots of orchards and lots of vineyards, and I knew a lot of people who had farms and dairies and whatnot. I didn't grow up on any of that, but grew up around it. And we grew up like 15 minutes down the road from my where my mom grew up. So we got to see my mom's parents a lot, my grandparents. And so a lot of my childhood was filled with going to their house and swimming in the pool and playing. And my grandma taught me how to cook there. And um, my grandpa would let us use some of his tools. And um, we would pick, he had a cherry tree and pick cherries and um, eat the oranges off his tree, and it was just a really fun childhood. And at home, we would do similar things where we'd I'd play outside with my brothers all the time. Um, we'd play dodgeball. We had a trampoline that was like an in-ground trampoline, which was so cool. Um, we had a dog for a little bit, and we'd play with the neighbor kids, and it was like 
the kind of childhood where you run over to your neighbors, you knock on their door, and you're like, can so-and-so come out to play? And then they'd come out, and you'd play all day, and then your mom would call you in for dinner, and you'd go eat dinner, and you'd drink water out of the hose, and you'd get dirty, and it just... It was a really great childhood and awesome summers. So I grew up the eldest of seven. So when I was 12, my youngest brother was born. So there were seven of us in 12 years. And I knew nothing different, so it's normal to me. Um, My mom just, like, had a baby every year and a half to two years. And with that came a lot of responsibility and... It was me and then three boys and then my sister and then two boys. So lots of boy energy, lots of sports, lots of trains. So yeah, a lot of responsibility. And I always took that as something I wanted to do well. Okay, I don't know if that made any sense. But I wanted to do well and I wanted wanted the responsibility and I wanted to... um, I wanted people to be able to trust me and know that I could get the job done, um, which has come back to bite me a little bit in my life, but it's it's helped me grow as well. So grew up with all those siblings, and I loved it, and I, I'm so happy I'm in a big family still. And we grew up going to Mass every Sunday. It wasn't a thing anyone fought. I still to this day don't think any of us really ever fought going to mass. It was like, it's what you do. You take a shower, you eat food, you clean your room, we go to mass. Like you have to do it. You just do it. Just like you breathe. Um, and we had, we went to the Catholic school that we went, we went to a parish, the parish Catholic school. So like we were on that campus all the time and Everyone kind of knew us because we sat in the same spot and there were a lot of us and I would canter and then my brothers would altar serve and my mom would be a communion minister and my dad would help with collections sometimes and, you know, we were just <laughs> always involved in having to do things and I was in our children's choir from second to eighth grade and then we had another choir that I joined and I cantered so I was just going to mass like two to three times a weekend and super involved and I loved it and I'm so happy I did stuff like that the cantering jobs were some of my first jobs along with like umpiring baseball games those were that was like my two first paychecks were stuff from that so then I went to high school I went to the catholic high school it's the same high school my mom went to which was funny um and Looking back, I don't think I realized this at the time, but I didn't have any, like, super close friends. Like, I had friends, and I knew everyone, and we all got along. I mean, some of these kids I went to school with for, you know, 13 years straight. But sometimes our values didn't add up, and I was very much a person, like, I didn't have FOMO. I didn't have that fear of, like, oh, what do people think of me? Like, I knew who I was. And, oh, I have a different value than you where my parents aren't going to let me go drink at someone's barn out in the country because I'm 14 or 15. Like, like whatever. Like, I got stuff to do at home. So I am very thankful that my parents instilled in me that temperament. Um, and it just was kind of a good moral base 
uh, for me as well. So Maddie wrote, to answer the question, when did you claim the faith is your own? Which is interesting because I wouldn't say I had like a big conversion moment. I definitely have had little conversions back to the faith and I constantly do. Um, One moment I remember in particular is in seventh grade. So I was like 12, I believe. My friend and I would joke around. We would like have our religion book at school. And at the end of each chapter, there were kind of questions. And we would (laughs) be like you can answer every one of these questions with either go to church or pray. And so we're like going through them all and like, I don't, I don't remember what the questions were, but you could, you could answer with go to church or pray. And I kind of had this moment afterwards, like, okay, I go to church. Like my family goes to church. We go to church at school sometimes. And like, I, you know, believe in the Eucharist and blah, blah, blah. But do I pray? And 12-year-old Catherine was like, I don't know. Like, you you used to pray when mom and dad would put you to bed and, like, say your prayers. But, and you pray at school, I guess, when we pray at school. And But do you pray on your own? And that's when I really started thinking, like, oh, I can take this on as my own. This isn't my parents' faith anymore. I, I'm going to have to choose this for myself soon when I go into high school and when I go to college. So... That's when I first started thinking about it. It was around the time of confirmation. And so it allowed me to like really take my confirmation seriously. I remember, you know, thinking like, oh my goodness, this is like this grace of the Holy Spirit is coming down upon me and like it's real. Um, And I've tried to take that with me as I've grown up. I mean, I was confirmed 10 years ago now. So trying to use that Holy Spirit juice. Um, so then, yeah, I think music, music ministry helped me claim the faith as my own too. I don't think I have like the best voice and I don't think I'm like the best piano player, but, you know, growing up and letting my parents letting me take piano lessons and knowing how to read music and knowing how to sing. And I like just a good harmony will make my heart swoon. Like that is... Um, something I enjoy and something that's helped me stand firm in my faith too. I love this idea that like our life is a song to God and um, I will sing to the Lord a new song. Like uh, I just, I love when song is incorporated with our relationship with God. So that's a little bit of that. I don't know. There's so many elements to my faith story and I could probably sit here and talk about it forever. I mean, it's kind of like at the end of the Bible when it talks about the stories of Jesus could not even be contained in all the books in the world or whatever the, I butchered that quote, but you know what I mean. Um, but I've just seen over and over again, like no matter what I seem to do or how I feel like I've screwed up my life, I can't because God's love for me is just so immense and so deep. Um, in high school, everyone in my class was going to college right after high school. And, um, I went to a college prep school technically. Um, so they were really big into giving percentages of like 97% of the class of 
2013 went to college, you know, and they received this million dollars in scholarships. Like I think our class received like 11 million in scholarships and having, I was like at the top of my class and did very well. And people knew that because it was a small school. And when they heard that I was thinking about and then decided ultimately to not go to college right away, I decided to do a program called Net Ministries, National Evangelization Teams. It was out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, That was really hard because it was, again, doing stuff that not everyone else was doing. Just like I was doing the faith thing and the church thing, like I was doing something that not everyone else was doing. And I remember explaining it to people. Um, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go travel around the country for the year. Like, not, like, you know, I'm doing retreats for the year, and I'm going to tell people about how much God loves them, and he wants to be in a relationship with you. Um, I sold it the other way, the way that would sound, like, cooler to a 17, 18-year-old. So, um, I eventually got over that, and um, I grew even more comfortable in my own skin and owning my faith and you know, high school is so temporary. You don't realize that when you're in high school, but it is. And I did this program, Net Ministries, and it changed my life. And um, I don't want to imagine my life not doing this program. I learned how to pray. I learned how to love others. I learned how to love God. I learned um, how to live in community and how to meet people where they are and... um, It was great. I lived with 10 other people. We were all ages 18 to 23 on my team, but seven out of the 11 of us had just graduated high school. So we were super young. And I think back to that team and I'm like, oh my goodness, if seven 18 year olds were on a team, I would have lost my mind, the older people, but they were good to us. And Um, It was a hard year, but it was such a good year, and I look back on it with such fond memories. Um, During that year, I was on one of our first retreats. We were in South Dakota. We were in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and um, we were doing like team rec before a retreat, and we were playing soccer, and I ran into one of the girls on our team, and I fell forward and landed on my shoulder really hard. And I heard a crack and I was just like in denial that I was actually hurt, but I hurt so bad. Oh my gosh. I, and when I am hurt, I get like super silent. So everyone was kind of like, oh yeah, Catherine's hurt. But I was like, oh, we need to go to the doctor. Anyway, long story short, I broke my collarbone. We were in the middle of nowhere, got some good drugs in me and, and then went to a, another doctor and I explained to him kind of what I was doing and I did not want to leave. I did not want to be off the road. I was like, I took the leap of faith to be here, God, and you're going to break my collarbone? Like, no, 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 I'm not giving up this easily. Um, And so the doctor was like, okay, like, you just need to be super careful. You can't be lifting anything. And so I grew in so much humility in those weeks that I was with my team and had a broken collarbone because I couldn't help carry anything. I couldn't carry my suitcase in. Um, I couldn't lead small groups for a while I gave talks but they really shouldn't have let me give talks because oh man I was a wreck so that all happened leaned on God a lot and I was like thanks God for letting me stay and then I pulled a classic Catherine move because I'm like 
pretty clumsy and I slipped and fell on my butt really hard and it just rained and I was walking on the wet grass and I re-broke my collarbone and it hurt like no other oh my goodness and at that point I was kind of like okay god I'll go home I don't want to go home but I'll go home and I went home and I recovered for a month and then my collarbone healed and I went back with my team but it was so hard and I was like god why why like why couldn't I have just been with my team um but I look back on that time and I needed time to go home and I needed time to heal and kind of process what was going on and lean on the Lord and be like, okay, I don't know why I'm going home, but I trust in you. And that's kind of been the theme of my life where things happen and I'm like, what the heck? Like, why? Why? And I have so many questions and God's like, just trust in me and I got you. And, um, yeah, a lot of good things came out of me breaking my collarbone. Um, the only bad thing is that my collarbone's crooked now, but it's fine. It's, you don't need a straight collarbone anyway. Um, so that happened. Net happened. Great year. And then after that, I went to St. Mary's College in Indiana. Um, that was another like rough year because I was like, why did I move so far away from home and everyone I love? And yeah, I got a nice scholarship and it's fun to go to like Notre Dame football games and I love the small school and but it was a struggle with like campus ministry. I very much took the quote of St. Catherine of Siena where it's like, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. So I'm like, God, who do you want me to be? You want me to like help out with campus ministry even though sometimes I can't stand them? Okay, I'll still show up. Um, you want me to help out with like masses and stuff, even though like sometimes I can't stand it. Okay, I will. And I will not drag my feet about it. Um, so it was a hard four years. Um, but it was also such a good four years. Um, I met one of my best friends ever freshman year, Grace, and she ended up doing net ministries. Um, sophomore year, I got to go to Rome and, that place changed my life and it was a lot more of okay god i just want to be christ to others i don't know why you've brought me here with these people that i don't know once again but how can i be a light to others and it was just in little things and i'm so happy he let me be his instrument for that um junior year i came back to campus at saint mary's and took over um, our right to life club called bells for life. Um, and that changed my life again because I was pro-life, but I had to really take it on my own and okay, why am I pro-life? And I had to learn why. And I didn't want people to be like, you're just pro-birth, you're not pro-life. And so I tried to, um, be an all-encompassing pro-life person. So, I worked at a maternity shelter for a summer after that, and I lived with pregnant and parenting women in a house in Arizona, and it was super fun and super hard and crazy, and um, so that was junior year, and then senior year, um, I just was surrounded by really good friends still, and I 
friends who I could pray with and go to mass with and just be silly with and goof off with and um just I finally had those good friends that I didn't realize I didn't have in high school um I had friends that I had chosen really because in high school there weren't that many people to choose from because I went to a smaller school and they were people that I'd already heard always gone to school with so in college I got to choose those friends and you know as much as I think I chose them God put them in my life for a reason and I look at so much of it I'm like wow if I hadn't done that I would have met this person and if I hadn't gone to Rome I would have not met that person and um, there's just so many things like that so I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit led me to those people and that I said yes um, so senior year of high school not high school college I was like what am I gonna do with my life so I knew some people who had done this program called House of Bridget and I googled it and I was like looking at the website I was like hmm I don't think I'm qualified for this um and also like terrifies me the thought of starting over in a new place again um so I'm just like gonna ignore this and it just kept coming back up in my life over and over to a point where I was like, okay, God, like we had a speaker come for Bells for Life and I picked her up from the airport and she's going on and on about, she did net ministries in Ireland and how great Ireland was. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? I never talk about Ireland. Um, or like people, the few people I knew who had done this program, like just kept coming up in my emails or up in my life. And at one point even I like walked into the library and sat down and looked to my left and there was just like a big Ireland poster that I had never noticed and I was like why why anyway so I took that as a sign that okay I need to at least like ask for an application and maybe apply and so I asked for an application and I was like I'm not qualified for this like I just had so much ministry experience and I had I could BS some music stuff I knew and I was in choir but I still just felt like I wasn't qualified um and even up until like the day before the application was due another grad school application was due the same day so I was working on both at the same time and I remember almost not doing House of Bridget I almost threw it away because I was like I don't have time for this um but thank god I filled it out and I submitted it and um, I prayed about it a lot. And I went to the interview, and it wasn't until halfway through the interview, Father Dennis from Wexford was talking, and I remember looking at him and just thinking, oh, no, I want to do this program. I want to do this. Yeah, and it terrified me again because I was like, this is not the plan, God. This is not what I was supposed to do. So... I eventually got into House of Bridget and had another like kind of meltdown in my head because I was like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I would ask him that like every hour and I would sit for hours in our chapel and just be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Should I do this or not? And there were some other programs I was thinking of doing and um, 
I just spent so much time in prayer and banging my head against the wall. And it was, I wasn't at that time listening to the Holy Spirit and I wasn't listening to my gut because, and I wasn't listening to what brought me peace. And um, the other programs didn't bring me peace. And House of Rooted scared me, but it brought me peace. So distinctly remember sitting in the back of our chapel in Lamont Hall and at St. Mary's during mass and the homily was going on and I was not paying attention. Um, it's fine. Father Steve will forgive me. And sitting there and thinking, okay, what, what do I do? Like make a decision now. And I thought like, if someone came to me and was like, I'm thinking of doing this or that, like, what do you think? If someone came to me with my situation, what would I tell them to do? And I was like, I tell them YOLO, you only live once, like just go to Ireland. Like, so yeah, I sat there and I said, okay, God, like whatever you want, which is whatever God wants is a Gianna Mola quote that I had up in my room all senior year. And I kind of said, let's just YOLO, let's do it. Um, and so much peace flowed from that. And God has continued to give me so much grace since that decision. And um, it was a really hard year, my first year of House of Bridget in Wexford, but it was such a fruitful year. And um, I even have like a quote on my phone background right now. Oh, it's something like, I asked God to help me to grow and it started raining. <laughs> that just kind of sums up my first year with House of Bridget because I wanted to grow and it was hard. Oh my gosh, it's so hard, but it was so good. And I learned a lot about myself and how I operate and how I can love others more deeply. And um, the people at that parish in Clenard are so lovely. They'll give you an arm and a leg if you ask them. And um, I grew a lot musically and I grew a lot in my ability to teach and it was just, it was really good, really good. And about a couple months, well, yeah, a couple months into that year, I was praying and I got into a really good routine of praying every morning and just leaving early and going and sitting in the empty church. And those are some of my most precious memories was praying in that church in the morning and kind of like didn't need to be but I was like god what what do you want me to do next um and um clearly he was like I want you to go to Dublin I was like that's not a thing that's allowed um maybe something easier like let's do a grad school program yeah what do you think and he, it just stayed on my heart. And so I threw it out there. And ultimately, I ended up doing another year of House of Bridget, but in Dublin. And this has been one of the greatest blessings of my life, being here. It's been hard again. I get homesick at random times. And um, it's hard being away from your home country as much as Ireland and the U.S. are kind of alike, it's hard sometimes. And it's April something, and I haven't seen my family since mid-August. And um, But it's been really good, and the people I've met here have been so wonderful. And this parish at University Church is just so great. 
I just, I can't, I can't even explain to you. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's great. And once again, the Irish people will give you an arm and a leg and they're so giving and so wonderful. So yeah, that's kind of where I've been and where I am. And I sit here now and I'm in the middle of week five-ish of this quarantine shelter in place, whatever you want to call it. And I have more questions for God, and I'm like, what What does this all mean? Why is it happening this way? This isn't how it's supposed to happen, and that's this isn't how House of Bridget was supposed to end, and we've had a crazy month. But I look back on my life, and the Holy Spirit works in retrospect like this, and I say, okay, what do you want me to do, God? You've been there all along. Why won't you be here now? And you, you will be here, and... Um, what do you want me to do? So many of my journal entries um, every morning when I pray end with me just like, okay, God, how do you want me to serve you today? It may seem silly um, to ask, but it's not. Because even when you're quarantined in your house and you're, you can serve God in some way, I think for a long time I thought like, oh, you need like parishioners or your youth group or your class or your community or whatever to serve God. But no, God can do whatever he wants through you. And God is asking me now to love and serve the people that I'm living with. So that's Maddie and Steve and Michelle and Father Bill. And that's what I'm going to do today. And that's my one step enough for me as John Henry Newman would say, and he's provided for me in the past, God has, that is, and he'll provide for me in the future, and I'm really excited to see where that could be. And yeah, I just, if I could leave you with one thing, it's just God loves you a lot, like a lot, a lot, like you don't even know, and he wants you to be happy, So let him serve you, and God loves you a lot. And all he's asking is for you in return in your heart. So I don't know. Why not just love him back? That's all all I'm trying to do here, people. So, yep, that's me. You should email me or something or message me. Find me on Facebook and message me if you want to ever talk. I'd love to hear from you. I'm praying for all of you who listen to this. Yeah, that's that and a rainbow cat. And so now I will end this and talk to y'all later. Bye, 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 bye.